millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. 
now. NobleGoldInvestments.com Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Hey, everyone. Good to be live with you. We're going to talk about Guy Reffitt today, uh, an American man from Texas who went to the Capitol January 6th of last year and has just been sentenced to seven years in prison for doing that. We're going to talk about what exactly it did. Turns out his son, his teenage son, turned him into the feds. Now he's going to rot in jail for seven years. We're going to look closer at his case. We're also going to look at some strange uh, documents from the Secretary of Defense. Why would the Secretary of Defense want the National Guard unarmed and not even... He's ordering them to not wear any body armor, no protection that day. Why is that? Um, we're going to talk about federal infiltration, the latest on Ray Epps and Associates. We're going to break down the four deaths that occurred that day at the hands of police on January 6th. Four people died, and it was all um, because of police that those people died. We are going to look at a group called the Oath Keepers, and none other than Steve Baker, independent journalist, is going to come on, join me, and talk about his investigation of the Oath Keepers. He is independent journalist from North Carolina. I've had him on my show before, he was there covering the events January 6th, not supporting any sides, just covering it. Yet the feds came for his throat and wanted his video evidence. He had a lot of video that day. Uh, they threatened to throw him in jail. Um, it hasn't happened yet. But it's interesting what Steve Baker has been through. I uh, like to get his insight on January 6th because he's looked into it a lot more than I have. He, he's also going to break down the bald-faced lies of the January 6th committee chairman. So without further ado, shout out to the sponsor of my news coverage. If aging wasn't hard enough already, a new study reveals the older you look, the harder it'll be for you in the dating market. This is why I highly recommend this amazing new face product. Uh, this face serum is the best at reducing dark spots, sagging skin, and crow's feet. Users report seeing smoother, firmer, younger-looking skin in days. The best thing about it is that it comes with free shipping, free VIP live and health, health and fitness coaching for life, and a free e-report titled The Top 10 Anti-Aging Foods. Uh, Get it today. It is Ageless Glow. I use this morning and night. You can get it today for 38% off at my link down in the description, glowwithivory.com, plus free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee. Okay, now back to January 6th. What is really going on? Let's bring on Steve Baker. Hi, Steve. How are you? Hey, Ivory. I'm great. Thanks good for having s- me today. Yeah, good to see you. Well, this story... Uh, is crazy in regards to Guy Reffitt uh, from Texas, where I live. Let's bring up CNN's coverage of him. He voiced a threat to Nancy Pelosi, and he also had a gun. Now, we we all talk about how, oh, the people of January 6th were unarmed. Well, apparently Guy was actually armed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But the thing is, like, police weren't arresting anyone that day or searching them for, for guns, so it's hard to tell who was really armed. So... Guy Reffitt is going to be spending a long time in jail. Now, before I get your insight on this case, I want to uh, show what his wife had to say outside the courtroom, as reported by NPR. Um, Here she is. I assume everyone has heard that Guy sentenced to seven and a half years incarceration. 
We really didn't expect anything more from the two-tier justice system here in the D.C. area. Uh, there's not going to be a one-sixer that will not be persecuted for their political ideology. We are patriots. God was a patriot that day. He's a man of integrity. And he went that day because the United States is the last great stand we have. And if we allow our country to keep being driven into the ground by the corrupt, evil politicians here in this city, then one day at your kitchen table, FBI is going to come in and tell you that you stood up at the school board meeting and you are now a domestic terrorist. All I can say is that y'all can all go to hell and I'm going back to Texas. Amen. I assume everyone has heard the guys. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So obviously she's very upset now. Her son, who ratted out his dad, is not upset about this. Uh, uh, we have the image of the father and son. You actually sent me this picture of father and son at at the kid's graduation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to bring that up here. It's it's on my community tab on my YouTube, guys. Um, so what's your take on, on this case? What did Guy Reffitt do that warrants seven years in prison? Well, uh, I re- you know that from the beginning of this whole mess that I have been one that has maybe, I, well, I, I want to say that I am approaching all of these cases as objectively as possible. I, I was not that uh, in D.C. that day as a Trump supporter myself, uh, and I have gone away from that event with, you know, just this immense amount of information that I that I captured that day on video. I've written hundreds of stories about this already. I, I have been involved deeply in several uh, investigations of, of specific cases, and, as well as some of the uh, suspicious characters and unindicted co-conspirators that day. And, and so I don't always come to the same conclusion that you might expect from anybody from whatever political, you know, uh, bubble you're on, you're, you're getting your information from. So Reffitt's case caught my attention because it was an outlier to a certain extent, particularly an outlier for a lot of the people that we would say, let's say more on our side that views the world the way we, we do. And I, I can't say that he was on my radar until his conviction, which of course was this past March. And then the, the sentencing was yesterday, but as I dove into it, you know, he's like so many of the others that were drawn into something where he made bad decisions. And from his perspective, he considers himself a patriot. His wife obviously considers himself a patriot. Uh, unfortunately, his son does not. And we'll, we, we can talk about that at, at some length if you want to. But Reffitt's case is interesting because he is actually one of those guys who came prepared for violence. And we have to be honest about that. He was not only wearing the, you know, tactical gear, the protective gear, that sort of thing. But uh, he is, in fact, one of those guys who came bearing a sidearm. He actually showed up in D.C. with two different weapons. He apparently had an AR-15 that he left in his car. He claims that he had that one broken down, disassembled uh, so as to 
uh, comport with D.C. Uh, firearms laws. But in the testimony in court, in fact, well, to take a step back, in the original indictment, he was only originally charged with just two charges, one misdemeanor, one felony. And the uh, superseding indictments that came out later ultimately escalated that to five different charges. And one of those or two of those actually encompassed his his uh, illegally bringing a firearm because he was there with another man. Uh, the other man did, in fact, testify that both of them were carrying um, sidearms that day on the Capitol loaded. Yeah, this is guy here on screen. This is Daily Mail publishing all these family photos. But this mm-hmm. one is of guy with his helmet. Yeah, he's got a helmet. He's got a camera on his helmet documenting everything and um, apparently armor and a gun. Yeah, he he did uh, do all of those things. He also had uh, zip ties and his stated purpose for having the zip ties, at least in the conversations with the the um, the partner that he was there with, was that uh, they needed those zip ties in case they needed to detain somebody. <laughs> and I don't wow. know under what legal authority that they had decided they were uh, they were uh, justified to do so. Uh, as it turned out, and this is and this is where kind of the dividing line is between some of the more extreme right who just literally see everybody that was there that day as a um, as a quote unquote patriot, or whatever, whatever you want to call them. But the, I, from my earliest reporting, I've always said that, especially after I did hours and hours of frame by frame analysis of my own video, I saw a, I saw a representation of everybody, and now we know that that's true. We know beyond any shadow of a doubt, that there were BLM activists in that crowd. We know that there were um, Antifa activists in that crowd. We know that there were militia, uh, radical, active militia engaging with police violently. We know that that happened beyond any shadow of a doubt. We know that there are many other unindicted people who have been identified, who have had um, full high definition facial recognition and they're not being charged or arrested or even sought we know that there are characters that were ended up on the fbi's most wanted list and then they've, they've suddenly disappeared mm-hmm. from that list uh, ray epps. Uh, well the ray epps is is one but there there are many more we we have a growing list of somewhere now between 80 to 100 of these types of characters who have suddenly disappeared from those lists who have either been identified or not or apparently they're not even being looked at or looked for so so there's a tremendous amount of questions. And as I said, there's a fair representation of all types that were in this crowd. Uh, this this particular guy, uh, Refit, he uh, and, I, you know, I, I made a, a few notes here so I wouldn't forget certain things. But, uh, for instance, he did, in fact, claim to be a part of a three uh, percenter type militia group called the Texas Freedom Force or the Texas three percenters. Yes. CNN uh, says he was a recruiter. For the militia. Well, you know, it's one thing to say that you were a recruiter and it's another thing to say that, you know, hey, guys, come join us. You know, so I don't know to what extent that he was either an organizer or whatever. But, yes, in his activities, he had been actively calling for people to join with him in whatever organization he was a part of. And then uh, in addition to that, when you when you jump forward to the day itself, he had apparently intended to throw himself into the battle, but very, and, and, and I think I even sent you a photo today of him actually, you know, he's right kind of in the mix of things, but he never did actually engage in any violence. He never assaulted a police officer, primarily because he got repelled by pepper spray. And he backed away from the fray. And you, there's a picture of, of him, you know, uh, pouring 
bottle water into his eyes to flush out the um, the chemicals. And then um, he, for whatever reason, he never joined back in. But what he was then doing, and all of this is, is of course, captured on photography and video, is he was, while he was incapacitated, he was still waving people in, saying, you know, go, go, go get them, go get them. But he, he never went inside the Capitol, right? No, he never did go inside the Capitol. But here's the thing, and CNN's quoting him here. CNN says that according to video that that Guy Reffitt recorded of himself, he said, quote, I just want to see Pelosi's head hit every effing stair on the way out and Mitch McConnell, too. Yeah, and you know, this is an interesting thing because making that statement itself is not illegal. It was Free other... Yes. Well, you know, but the fact, but he didn't call for violence. He just said he wanted to see it. He wanted. Yeah, that's true. Um, That's but the sentencing. That's part of why he was sentenced so extremely, according to the judge. And uh, the fact, I think, the fact that he went all the way to the Capitol and was armed and ready while making that statement makes it a more legitimate threat. Well, here, saying yeah. that at home, like a yeah. lot of people do. <laughs> but that's that's exactly that's exactly what happened because in the in the superseding indict, indictments, and I did I did write down a couple of these things. Uh, those original charges that he had, other than the you know he, other than the typical what I call glorified trespassing charge, which of course everybody that went inside and has been charged has been charged with that charge. And then in addition to that, they've thrown that same charge at people that were outside that never went in because of, of essentially at after that first barricade came down, anybody inside that line was essentially in a restricted space. So technically, anyone that was on the Capitol grounds inside that original barricade could be charged with that charge. So they hit him with that. But what they did in the superseding indictment is that they added on these additional charges of civil disorder for having transported uh, firearms to D.C. with the intent to use those in civil disorder. And this is what really jacked up his um, his, his charges to a higher felony level. Uh, and obviously he was then, of course, charged additionally with obstruction of an official proceeding entering restricted grounds with a dangerous uh, weapon and threats because he did make threats against uh, apparently against uh, Capitol police officers as well. So it's one thing to say, I want to see Pelosi's head bounce off of every effing step, but it's another thing to do these things and say those things while in fact you are illegally armed. Mm. And that's going to jack everything up in in the prosecution's um, minds. And and we have to be honest and we have to be fair. Although I am intensely concerned about the future freedom of some of these defendants that are rotting away in the D.C. gulag right now. Here's a guy who did some bad things. And then he himself made it even worse. And this was a part of the original indictment, which of course carried forward. And I want to, I want to actually read you something from the original indictment. I'll I'll just, I'll just do this really quick. Um, It it says that the, the son, his son was present at home on the night of January 8th when he got back home. And it says, and I'm, I'm quoting from the indictment. It says on that night and in the ensuing days, Refit told his son and other family members that Refit was at the U S Capitol on January 6th when individuals took over the Capitol. Refit told his son and other family members 
that he went to D.C. to protect the country um, and that he brought his gun with him and that he stormed the Capitol. The son then was very immediately recruited by the FBI. It was apparently asked by the FBI to tape and record some of these conversations. And the son, and this is directly from the FBI at the end, he says the son provided the following information. On or about Monday, January the 11th, um, while Reffitt was in Reffitt's home, uh, home with his son and daughter, Reffitt stated um, that Reffitt uh, was going to erase everything because the FBI was now watching him. Reffitt further told his son that if his son crossed the line and reported him to the police, putting the family in jeopardy, Reffitt would have no option but to do Reffitt's duty for Reffitt's country and to do what he had to do. The son asked him, are you threatening us? And the, the father said, don't put words in my mouth. Later on, this is where it gets more intense. The daughter was using her own cell phone to talk with friends, and Reffitt stated to his daughter that if the daughter uh, were recording him, uh, then she needed to stop, or and if she was, she'd cross the line, and that he would put a bullet through his daughter's phone. Yes. Whoa. And one, one more quote, I think, is uh, germane to this conversation. Uh, son and daughter stated to um, his wife that during an argument at, at the house earlier that day when the spouse was not at home, Reffitt stated to son and daughters uh, something to the effect of, if you turn me in, you're a traitor, and you know what happens to traitors. Traitors get shot. Wow. And that's the family's testimony against their own father. So while the daughter and the mother, obviously, because we you played her words just a moment ago, um, stand by their father, the daughter uh, has refused essentially since that or those early days to cooperate with the uh, authorities. Obviously, the wife is on uh, is standing by her man, but the son, uh, obviously, he and his son did not have a good relationship. Uh, prior to this event and then his son went on to say that he his father had become radicalized in the months leading up to january 6th with this particular three percenters militia that he was a part of and that he was not proud of his father obviously and he the son does say that he's not happy about it but the son in court actually asked the court to sentence his father to the maximum sentence of 15 years wow yeah. yeah, that's that's right. Prosecutors wanted 15 years for actual terrorism. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to charge him with terror. Or the, yeah, they wanted to charge him with terrorism, but and get that sentence that didn't happen. Um, that's that's wild. That's a hefty, hefty charge. You know, um, so I wanted to go on to some documents that you sent me before the show today uh, regarding the deployment rules for the D.C. National Guard. Yeah. Uh, the memo from the Secretary of Defense to the Secretary of the Army was very strange to me. Um, and I posted this for, for my audience. You guys can go to my community tab uh, to look at this yourselves. But the rules, uh, what caught my eye is that, here it is. These rules for um, yeah. not not even arming the National Guard, they couldn't even wear body armor. So the it, National Guard, yeah, basically they were they approved about 125 um, National Guard troops to be traffic cops. <laughs> but I mean, like, why would you specifically yeah. tell an officer or a soldier do not wear body armor? 
make yourself defenseless right. while handling this crowd. Yeah, the, the, this particular document I've had for quite some time, and I've run this document by some people that are in the know that understand how these things work. This is it's a fairly template um, uh, deployment of of more passive troops to just assist what's going on to in 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 kind of crowd control they're they're almost like this is a tough way to put it but they were basically commissioned to be uh traffic cops and tour guides that day so they could stand on the corner and if somebody asked them which way is the capital you know they could point that direction that they literally had no more authority than that but of course then they were also um in this document and others that there was the potential to ramp that up and to call in a more, a more quick reaction force if necessary to respond, which as we know, did not happen. The primary thing that this is just part of a stack of documents that are coming forth and that we're seeing now. And, and I don't know that anybody has completely yet put all the pieces together, myself included, but dang it, I've been trying to. And, and that is this, we, we, we keep hearing all the conflicting information from the January 6th select committee, and we hear the conflicting information from former uh, Trump uh, staff and, and cabinet officials, both saying that he did authorize 20,000 National Guard troops that day. We have others that say that, that that request never did, in fact, go through. But we're seeing more and more documents that we know so that we now know beyond dispute that the discussion of National Guard troops was happening all the way back to December 31st. In fact, in fact, the mayor of D.C., Mayor Browser, she, in fact, approved that to happen that day. And and then there was just this convoluted progression of events between conversations, between meetings, between the the um, Capitol Police chief, the sergeants at arms of both the House and and the Senate, uh, the D- Department of Defense officials about how and if and when that they would deploy the, the guard, uh, to what extent, how many troops. There was at literal discussions uh, from, for instance, the um, uh, sergeant of arms, sergeant at arms uh, Irving for the house who said that that they didn't like the optics of having that many uh troops on site at the time and in fact now this is this is pretty interesting this is a reminder to everyone or you may have never heard this before when trump actually sent guard reinforcements to secure federal buildings uh, under attack in portland pelosi herself condemned the extra law enforcement as stormtroopers, and then in the days after um, the the riots that happened in D.C., the, the um, George Floyd um, post George Floyd death riots, uh, Pelosi called the sight of uniformed troops protecting the Lincoln Memorial as stunning and scary. So it falls right into line that when um, the Sergeant at Arms Irving, who answers to Nancy Pelosi, said that we don't like the idea of the optics of these troops there, it tells me that that discussion had taken place and that she said, no, we don't, we don't need that or we don't want that. Additionally, in other documents, we have uh, from Mayor Browser her telling the authorities, the Department of Defense, as well as Capital Security, that they were fine with what they had, that D.C. Metro Police, Capitol Police, Park Police could handle whatever was thrown at them that day. But this is the really, really 
interesting part is that if you heard from testimony in the January 6th committee, uh, Michael Byrd, no less, the, the officer who actually shot Ashley Babbitt, he testified that the Capitol Police were only at one-third deployment force that day, which makes no sense considering that there were hundreds of thousands of people known to be coming into D.C. that day. The uh, Some other officials said that they were at half force. Both of those are complete lies. I have the document in my hands is the official United States Capitol Police timeline of events all the way from the day Trump announced the January 6th event rally to take place on December 19th all the way through the event itself that they only deployed 275 of their 2,300 officers that day. And that makes no sense whatsoever. And, and in my earliest reporting of this, one of the first things that I noticed in my own video was the extreme lack of police presence from the rally site all the way to the Capitol. And I guess the theory here is that they wanted something to pop off. They wanted these protesters to do something inappropriate. Yeah, this is this is not a theory of mine. This is something that I believe to be almost irrefutable, if that this was, in fact, a, a honey trap, so to speak, is what wow. it was. It was set up in that way. I've gone so far as to also write and report and, and in interviews like this to say that I believe that the Capitol Police were used as nothing more than sacrificial pawns that day and that they were, in fact, deliberately under-deployed, under-prepared, ill-informed, without proper command orders. And I know this, Ivory, because I could see the fear in their eyes. I have it You were there. Close. I have it up close. I have high-definition camera of these young to middle-aged Capitol Police officers scared to death. They had no idea what was happening, and they were well aware that they were under um, – undermanned to deal with the numbers of people that were coming at them. Now, we should also say that even according to the Department of Justice, only 225 people up to, they say up to 225 people actually engaged in violence that day of the tens of thousands that worked their way over to the Capitol. Only 225 people. But if you're one of just a couple of dozen uh, law enforcement officers trying to hold a bike rack line and you're being you're being uh, you're being kicked and sprayed and and swatted at with sticks and poles and, and baseball bats from a couple dozen people on the front line but you're looking over their shoulder and you're seeing tens of thousands of people moving that way you have no idea what's coming that's so true well four people you you reported on your blog which, by the way, people, I've, I've linked his blog down below, a pragmatic constitutionalist. You mentioned in there that four people died on January 6th, and it was all because of police that these people died. So the reporting on who died because of January 6th is all over the place. I think the New York yeah. Times says it's like nine people who died, but they're including officers who committed suicide months later and things right. like that. So... Tell, take me through these four people. Well, obviously, the most um, well-known death was Ashley Babbitt, who was shot by uh, Officer Michael Byrd. And so we don't really need to probably go into that. I'm sure you've probably covered that story uh 
uh, intensely over the last few months. But so we know about that one. Uh, we also know about the death of uh, Roseanne Boylan, who was in the, the tunnel, the West Tunnel uh, melee that was taking place later that afternoon. And we've seen video of her being hit by police after she was unconscious. We don't know why she went unconscious originally it was reported by the um uh, medical examiner there in dc that she suffered an amphetamine overdose which is turns out to be an absolute lie because she had a legal prescription for um uh, her add adhd and so uh she had normal amounts of that she'd been on that on that drug for 20 years she was not in a in an overdose situation at all more than likely she was caught in the crush yeah that's a that's a great scene there uh she got caught in the crush of this event and she uh, suffered some sort of asphyxiation from that crush and so is this her uh, on the ground there uh, I, I don't think that that's her. She was up more, um, of course you can't see my finger, what I'm pointing at, <laughs> but, um, yeah, she was up more. You see that you see the guy standing up on the wall. Yeah. Uh, now this is an interesting character because this is another unindicted person. We have very high definition, uh, visuals of this guy's face. Is he and, wearing that red 45 yes, beanie? That yes. He, he's we talked that, about this. He's wearing the red 45 beanie that I've written a very extensive investigative story about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and definitely for anybody that's wanting to follow up on, on some of these investigations I've been doing, they can go to the pragmatic constitutionals.locals.com. Go to my locals page because that's where everything is. Mm-hmm. And, and they can search, you know, uh, for, for any of these articles that they want to, um, uh, learn more about. But she was up near that area, right by where he has his hand on that part of the arch. She's just, was just below that, uh, area. And, and so when she went down, she was struck. There is debate about how many times she was struck. There was, there's debate. There are, there are fact checkers in the mainstream media who were saying that, um, different people edited videos together and that they made it look like it was worse than it was. But the bottom line is, is there's clearly some of that that was taking place. So we can't say that she was beat to death, but we can say that she, her death was eventually, was, was certainly affected and contributed to by the actions of law enforcement that day, because one of the things that was happening is they were preventing her from getting a millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets, natural NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com.
Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare flashlight. The Fighter Flare flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Aid when she first went down, and then, of course, that's the story of the guy that went up there with the crutches and got between the police and the um uh the, the crowd and and literally you know held up the crutches like you know moses holding up a staff and and saying stop and stop and, and that gave people time to start working on her doing um cpr and then eventually while he had the crowd call because he crowd he this one gentleman calmed his name's Luke Coffey, and he calmed the crowd down, and he's facing indictment as well. He calmed the crowd down. He acted in a way to de-escalate the violence so that she could be saved, and or an effort was made to save her. And then finally, the police were then able to come out while he had the crowd um, calmed down, and then they were able to move her inside the tunnel where she was able to get more extensive um, care, uh, as well as um, you know having her heart worked on and and uh, and so it was it was a tragic situation and we can't say exactly 100 percent that the police did it but they were certainly contributing to not only whatever violence um took her down but also then in stopping her in the early stages of this particular situation from getting the help she needed so whether she could have been saved or not that's all speculation we don't know then there's two other gentlemen in the crowd uh that we originally heard about that we thought i thought for a long time that they were just rally attendees that you know had heart attacks on site when you have 400 500,000 people in an event uh, you know, it's it's a it's a pretty good chance that somebody's just going to have a 
have a uh, medical problem during that day, especially on a really cold day, uh, middle-aged people, overweight Americans walking, you know, several miles around the Capitol that day and, and, and under that stress without even being involved in any violence of any kind, you could have those situations. But in this particular case, or in those two particular cases, it's apparent, or at least seems to be, that both of these individuals had been um, either struck directly by one of these flashbangs or incendiary uh, grenades, or they they had gone off just beside them, and one of them had a heart attack, and one of them uh, had a stroke. Both of them died that day as a result of that particular thing because, and this is, this is where a lot of scrutiny is being given and a lot of, a lot more in, in official investigations are being given to the actions and to the command orders of some of those law enforcement officers, both from the DC Metro Police and the Capitol Police, because these guys were using the, what this, what's called left, less than lethal or less lethal crowd control, uh, devices in absolutely improper and including illegal manners because of the way they were using them. They weren't using them in the way they were designed. They're not using them according to training and they're not using according them to literally the labels, the warning labels on the devices themselves. And so what was happening, and I got this very clear on video. I should have sent you some of this of one particular um, Metro police officer uh, who was firing the flashbang grenades over the crowd or the the front line of where the the violent protesters were were engaged with police over into the peaceful observers and that's apparently what happened to some of these guys on on the other hand there's there's other instances where this same cop including others fired those devices directly at people and that is completely totally not their design they become lethal devices when fired directly at people i actually was in an area of the crowd obviously i was not engaged in any violence but i was trying as you would do when you're trying to cover a story you try to get as close to the action as you can as safely as possible while you're doing so and in one of those moments he, there was a one of those grenades was launched over the crowd, uh, over the violent people that I was trying to get, capture on video. It landed about two or three feet to my right, exploded right there, uh, shrapnel from it, hit me in the side of my knee, and I had bruises there for months thereafter. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, actually, the Epic Times came out with a great documentary on this showing mm-hmm. those flashbangs coming down into into people who were yeah. standing around. Um, just, I guess, I don't know if they were trying to disperse the crowd or what. Um, I wanted to get to what you are working on now. You're working on an upcoming piece about one of the Oath Keepers. Tell me about yeah. this. The, the, this. This is a, a, a particular obsession of mine, this particular case, because... Uh, his name's Ken Harrelson. He was there uh, with the Oath Keepers, and he had uh, been an Oath Keeper, I think, for about two years prior to January 6th. He is a disabled a military veteran. Uh, he is uh, one of those most salt-of-the-earth guys you ever met in your life. In fact, he's, he's the, this, is, this is who Ken Harrelson is. Living down there on the coast of Florida, the, the east coast of Florida, when a, when a hurricane is tracked in their direction, and they're in the eye of the storm. He's the guy that goes out to all of his neighbors, and he says, get you and your families. You get out of here. I'm staying. I'll take care of your property. I'll take care of everything, because he's using his training uh, to do that. And 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 that's and, the, and his neighbors, neighbors love him. 
He had only previously, with the Oath Keepers, provided security at a few other events uh, down in Miami. I think he had one in Indiana where they had brought him up to provide security for speeches, you know, these, some of these dignitaries. And, and that's, all he, that's all he had ever done. And you may or may not be aware of this. But at a lot of these Trump rallies and then also rallies of, of Trump supporters and uh, particularly during the campaign season, local law enforcement, if you were in a blue state, a blue city, would not adequately, adequately provide protection. And that's why they would bring in additional security from and ask the Oath Keepers to help them with that. Because all the Oath Keepers are, it's a group of you know former um, uh, military, former law enforcement uh, of, all, of all types. And these are guys trained in this capacity. And so that they've been very, very good and very safe and very, um, uh, well, they, in all the years that they had been together, they had never, ever been accused of a crime. Now, unlike the Proud Boys, who kind of, when they show up, they're, they kind of show up to, Bus heads. Let's just be honest about it. That's their. Mm. No, they don't. I thought not, they were just a men's drinking club. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure that, I'm sure some of that goes on as well. But but the the proud boys do in fact show up to uh, protect certain people. But usually the protesters on any one side of a protest line, because you know how, how it is. You have a protest, and then you have the counter protesters on the other side of the fence or the other side of the street, that sort of thing. And the uh, and the Proud Boys show up to protect whichever side that they're in favor of their particular issue. And then when the counter protesters come over and get violent, then they they don't mind, you know, engaging. The Oath Keepers have never done that. They just provide security, legitimate security. As a matter of fact, the Oath, Keeper, the Oath Keepers there that day we're working directly with the Secret Service inside the security fencing at the ellipse where Trump's speech was and being used by the Secret Service as they needed them, directing them, can you go over here and watch this area? Can you control this area for us over here? Can you hand out these flyers for us? They were handing out flyers handed to them by the rally organizers and the Secret Service themselves. They were interacting that closely with officials. There were, in fact, scheduled events after the Ellipse rally that were scheduled to happen back up at the Capitol and on the Capitol grounds where there was going to be a second stage with more uh, kind of lower level dignitaries that were going to be speaking at from about 2 to 5 p.m. And this is the stage that Ken Harrelson was going to be providing security at. In fact, he wasn't even going to D.C. until he was talked into it on January 4th, two days before. He had no intention of even going, but one of the, I think it was actually um, from uh, a North Carolina chapter here where I am of the Oath Keepers, called him and said, hey, we need your particular es- expertise to help us with security on the ancillary side stage, essentially is what it was. And so he said, well, you know, I, I really don't have the time. I, you know, I, I can't even afford it. I can't afford to get up there on my own and hotel rooms. And I said, we'll, we'll take care of it. You can hitch a ride with one of our other guys and you can, and we'll cover your room. So he's like, okay, I'll be up there. He wasn't involved in any insurrection. He wasn't involved in any pl- planning to invade or occupy the Capitol or to capture Nancy Pelosi or, or to, you know, assassinate the, the vice president. He just was talked into going up and helping for security on a side stage and just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, I have this article, Orlando Sentinel. They have a picture. Apparently, this is him in the lower left corner mm-hmm. in this camouflage baseball cap. Yeah, he wasn't even wearing he wasn't even wearing uh, tactical gear, tactical gear at all. wasn't wearing a helmet. wasn't wearing uh, body armor. Nothing. 
And uh, he uh, absolutely was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But because he was with those other guys who are really the scapegoats and the patsies of this entire operation, they are charging him equally with seditious conspiracy. And he's looking at, you know, spending decades of his life in prison as a result of just answering the call to provide security to help other people safely decades their first amendment rights oh my word he no no violence did not break and enter he did not enter the building until after that door was opened by other people and held open by other people he was only inside the capitol for about 10 minutes but more importantly and more significantly and this video and this audio is going to come out but famously the officer officer dunn who had, who's been made a hero out of this whole event, who was carrying an M4 automatic weapon, came down the steps and basically got into a um, confrontation with some of the more aggressive and violent perpetrators that day. And he literally was telling people that he's going to kill them all. This is statements coming from Officer Dunn. Ken Harrelson and a couple of the other Oath Keepers put their bodies in between Officer Dunn carrying that automatic weapon and the the crowd got them both to calm down. They de-escalated the situation and then allowed Dunn to then be, because he was highly agitated. He was, And this is all on camera. Where it's under seal right now, but this is going to come out. And in these trials, but the, this, this particular situation that happened was perfect example of the mindset of Ken Harrelson, who was there to keep people from being harmed. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, the investigators literally believe that they were probably within five seconds of done starting to pull the trigger on that, that M4. And they stood between them, calmed them down, calmed the crowd down. Wow. And that gave time for another officer or two to come and, and escort Dunn away. And uh, I, you know, I was watching some MSNBC. It's really interesting. MSNBC interviewed the man who says he's the former Oath Keeper spokesman. Yeah. But I mean, they're they're showing this video next to him while they're talking to him. There's this clear video of of police standing down. Like you see the big distance between the the protesters and the police, and then the police literally just walk. They mosey inside at one point, and the protesters they're like, "Okay," the police are like, "All right, let's go in," and the protesters follow them in. It's almost like police are saying, "Come on in," but it it in on that edge of the Capitol at least, it was, definitely wasn't protesters and police like pushing and facing off against each other i know it was no. that way on a different side of the yeah this this video that you showed here is on the east side and then the 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 original first area of violence was on the west side where i was yeah so- more significantly though ivory is on this side right here on the east side i don't know if you've seen this video or not it's stunning an actual uniformed U.S. Capitol Police officer going out to the Oath Keepers, asking them for help. This is all Mm. clear, high-definition video. We need your help. We have, I think it was 16 officers that are trapped by the crowd, and we need your help in getting them out. Oh, wow. This is all on camera. Wow. The audio is perfect. 
they he the the oath keeper said yes we'll take it so he so this this capitol police officer led them up through the steps and, and got everybody to move aside these oath keepers went in and then led out 16 capitol police officers in tactical gear that fit, these guys in tactical gear fully armed feared for their life the oath keepers went in and got them and then as they came out, we're shouting to the crowd, please move aside, please move aside. We're Oath Keepers, we're Oath Keepers, we're helping these guys out. And as the Oath Keepers are leading them out of the Capitol, people are giving high fives and hugging the, 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 the police officers and saying, it's okay, we're on your side, you know, all that kind of, that kind of God and country stuff. And, and, but this is all on video. You haven't wow. seen that video at the J6 hearings, have you? No, I haven't been watching the hearings. Well, you uh, won't see it there. I'll tell you that. It has not been shown. That's a video they don't want America to see. Wow. But it and, will come out. So why do, why do you think it is that these um, Oath Keepers have been targeted so harshly? I mean, I have justice.gov here, leader of Oath Keepers and 10 other individuals indicted in federal court for seditious conspiracy. Um why, if if they were doing what you said they were doing, why are they being strung up this way? They they have been always portrayed by the mainstream media as being one of those extremist uh, right wing militia groups, uh, uh, white supremacists, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, they have you know um, multiracial membership across the you know completely across the board, black, white, Hispanic. And they, so that that characterization is is just you know false on its face. In addition to that, the committee or the people who are narrating this agenda, they needed a scapegoat scapegoat organization. They needed they needed the face of prosecution, uh, and so they found these guys with the helmets and the gear and all of that unarmed by the way and these guys were uh well oh when we were talking so if you remember we we went live while i was in the capitol on january 6th of this year for the right. one year commemorative events and was out there at the on the lawn for one of those events and had the capitol in the background and we went live there all week long reporters on both sides were asking questions of the dignitaries and the the all of the people holding these events, including all the way up to uh, Pelosi herself, saying, you know, you keep calling this an insurrection. You keep calling this sedition. But it's been a year now, and you've not charged anybody with insurrection or sedition. Seven, seven days later, on January 13th of this year, they dropped those seditious conspiracy allegations and charges on 11 of the Oath Keepers. Oh, Wow. So, so they had they had to answer the questions like, oh yeah, we haven't charged anybody with what we keep calling this thing, and here they here it came, and um, wow, and so Ken in particular of all these guys is is just he's just an individual who should not be facing what he's facing right now. If if there was any justice in this world and any real um, non biased judge would look at his case and look at the circumstances of, of the entire story. He would not be sitting in the D.C. gulag now for as many months. I mean, he's been he's been locked up since March of last year. It's incredible when you start to look at how, how many 
injustices are occurring at the hands of our federal government. Yeah. And I and I've been trying to highlight some of that um, on my YouTube. So before we wrap this up, I want to highlight what they tried to do to you, Steve. <laughs> You know, since my, my headline mentions that a little bit, um, you went there to cover it. You have your own blog. You went there to cover it, being neither, you know, a Trumpster nor a Biden guy. And then uh, what happened with the feds? Well, you know, we'll do the, the Reader's Digest condensed version here for your, your time's sake. But I was uh, not even pursued or even given a call from the FBI for nine and a half months after January 6th. So late September of last year, my phone rang at 10 o'clock in the morning. Guy introduced himself. This is officer uh, special agent Doss with the FBI. I was just wondering if you had a minute to talk. And I said, first words out of my mouth were, what took you so long? And, and so oh, uh, you knew they were going to come for you. <laughs> well, I knew that I, I should be on, at least the list of somebody they would like to get information from as being such a close-up eyewitness observer, not to mention the hours of video that I had. Because you went inside the Capitol, right? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there but, were a lot of journalists inside yes. the Capitol. If anyone followed the news that day, right. there were imi- immediately high-definition images from professional news photographers inside the Capitol. So there were a lot of journalists inside the Capitol... And you were one of them. Yeah, there, there were mainstream uh, journalists. There were independent journalists. There were stringers. There were, uh, you know, um, guys that you know, just hired them. There were freelancers that, that hired themselves out to even major publications. Uh, there were uh, people with credentials. There were people with government credentials. There were people with capital credentials. And then, of course, there were people that didn't have any credentials whatsoever. And the 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 hodgepodge and selective prosecution of that wide array has been, you know, something to watch and observe in and of itself. We could do a story about that uh, uh, on its own sometime. But the bottom line is, is that there were a lot of independents there that were there for no other purpose than to cover the rally who, like myself, this, this rally ended up being something that we didn't know was going to happen or that we didn't expect. But you have to follow the story where the story goes. And right. that's what I did that day. And so after nine and a half months, I didn't think that they, I thought maybe they weren't going to worry about me, but uh, they, they did. They called and asked me if I would do a, a voluntary meeting there with them. And I said, uh, yeah, just as soon as it works out in my schedule, I can have my attorney with me. And they're like, oh, oh yeah, we can, we, we can make that happen. So they did. So from that moment forward, I never spoke to them again. I turned it over to my attorney and we had a uh, voluntary meeting. The first, the first uh, meetup that we had scheduled when we arrived at the FBI headquarters here in North Carolina, they actually said, we have a problem. We can't do the interview today. And we were like, well, what's going on here? Turns out there's a federal law. It's actually in the U.S. code that the FBI cannot interview a journalist or a member of the press without express written permission from the U.S. Attorney General of the United States. Well, Right there, I looked at my attorney and go, well, that pretty well settles the matter, whether I have anything to worry about or not. I mean, they're they're actually acknowledging that I'm a member of the press and that they have to have permission from the AG, United States Attorney General, to even talk to me. So we had to reschedule that for about two or three weeks later. We went in. We did a, a two-hour interview with my attorney sitting beside me. 
uh, I had uh, not, it wasn't a, it wasn't a qualified immunity immunity letter, but it was a proffer letter from the government, from the attorney general's office that basically said that anything that I said in that cooperative interview could not be used against me. Should they decide to prosecute me for anything, the only thing that could possibly be used against me is if I told a lie that day. Well. I didn't tell any. I didn't have any lies to tell. Uh, everything that I've done is is on you know high definition video camera. I'm in a thousand other people's cameras, so there's nothing to lie about. And then in addition to that, because I had that immunity to say whatever I wanted to, for two hours I you know I just went off and I just laid. I asked them as many questions. I mean, my my journalist mm. curiosity was there, and I asked them as many questions as they asked me. You said that they didn't allow you to record that, right? They did not, but it is recorded. So if that they would ever- scare me. If that well, the first meeting we had scheduled before the before the um, attorney general's um, uh, permission letter, uh, they they were going to allow me to record it. In fact, I showed up at that at that first interview, uh, which was supposed to take place, with my camera and my tripod. But on the second one, one of the conditions of that was that I could not record that interview. But it is recorded. It is it is videoed. And the only way I'll ever see it and get my hands on it is if, in fact, I'm ever charged. And and of course, they know that if I ever get my hands on it, it's going to be blasted everywhere. So they may not want that to go out. So they um, after that, they said they were going to charge you. They did. So um, the the FBI agents actually said that they had no idea it wasn't up wasn't up to them which is kind of interesting because they make the recommendation. You know, they actually, they actually take the information they've learned and then they recommend to the Department of Justice whether this person should be charged or not. So it's a little bit disingenuous on their part to say, hey, we have no idea what's going to happen here because they have to make that recommendation based on what they learned in the interview. So uh, it was the week before Thanksgiving of last year, and you'll recall you blasted, you put her name right up on the screen. Uh, we received an email, my attorney received an email from the assistant uh, U.S. Uh, attorney, and she said that they were going to charge me with two two charges. Uh, one was the uh, typical, you know, oh, no, they, they weren't even charging me with a trespassing charge. I forgot about that. Uh, I was... I am the only person in the entire January 6th story who has been threatened with interstate racketeering as a charge. I remember when I interviewed, I was like, interstate racketeering. Uh, For anyone who wants to look further at Steve's story, I linked my original interview with Steve Baker down in my description where we actually bring up the letter from uh, the DOJ and put them all on blast. I was, a, I was like, well, I have to show th- th- this correspondence from the DOJ to prove that th- you yeah. indeed were targeted by the FBI. Um, and you're not just saying this. But um, in doing that, you know, I don't know if that contributed to them backing down because you never did get charged and you thought. You thought you were going to be charged like a week later. Yeah, well, they told they told me that I would be charged, and this is a quote, it's in the letter that you showed, within the week, that I would receive the official charges within the week. And um, 
then we did we went on a, a media blitz is what we did myself and my raleigh attorney we went into a full-scale media blitz we sent out hundreds of press releases about my particular situation that's i guess that's how we one of the ways we got hooked up with you i think it was one of your fans forwarded that to you and yeah and it went from there and so in in addition to that i was on Dozens of other shows, podcasts, uh, mm-hmm. magazine, newspaper, radio interviews, all kinds of things like that. So you certainly were the one of the very first ones, and you're certainly the only one that called out by name <laughs> the actual um, AUSA handling. Oh case. yeah, I showed her. I <laughs> yeah. showed her signature at the bottom. Yeah, like you, this is you, the uh, lady who's targeting Steve. Right. Um, which you, uh, you didn't want me to do, but, uh, I was like, well, I've got to verify and prove to my viewers that I'm not making up stories, but, uh, who knows if that helped, um, them back down. And I think your story is a perfect example of what I always, I always think, you know, I, throughout my career, which has been over 10 years now as as a full-time journalist, I have talked to countless people who've been unjustly, um, you know, persecuted or pursued, and and they don't want to tell their stories oftentimes um, for fear of retribution. Yeah. And I always tell them that if you come forward with the truth, it's going to scare these people who are coming at you. It's going to scare them away if you shed light on what's really happening. And I think your story is a perfect example of that, is that you, you were as far as I can tell, being unjustly pursued by the FBI, and you put it all on blast and said, hey, this was me doing journalism, and you're targeting a journalist, and they never charged you. So for all the viewers out there, if you ever get unjustly pursued, make it as public as possible. People who are doing unjust things don't want what they're doing to get light shed on it. That's exactly it. You you, you don't want to do uh, – you don't want to – do violence against those who are uh, illegally prosecuting you or persecuting you. You don't want to do that, but you want to use the gift that we've been given of free speech and that mm-hmm. protection that we have. And that's exactly what we did. We said, well, no, we're not going to take this lying down. We're going to get in front of it and we're going to, and they, and they also, they also understood, and this is part of it, what we believe, because we, we, we can only conjecture because after we had some, subsequent uh, communications back from the department of justice saying that they were not happy. They did. They informed us they were not happy with my, my press offenses. I showed that email too. Yes. I was like, I can't believe this. Yeah. So, so the, after they expressed that they went away and yeah, we they sent a vague that. threat to you saying mm-hmm. that, Oh, because you're going public in the media that the FBI is after you, they could use this against you. Right. You know, but you didn't back down. And so she, she even said that, you know, the, that we, that I'm concerned. She was, of course, talking to my attorney saying, I'm, I'm concerned for your client that the judge might, might not look favorably upon how he's handling this. My attorney said, are you saying that my, my client who's being persecuted, you know, facing prosecution from the federal government must forego his first amendment rights to talk about it? Oh, no, no, no. We're not saying that at all. Um, <laughs> But so he handled his, his response was perfect. But the most important thing, at least for me up to this point, that's been 10 months now since that happened, uh, since that threat of prosecution happened. And we still have not heard from them. That doesn't mean that they, they won't show up tomorrow morning at five o'clock in the morning with the red dots, you know, mm-hmm. through my through my window shades or whatever. We, we still don't know it could happen at any time. But wow. um, 
they seem to have slowed down the number of arrests that they're making, despite the fact that there's still hundreds and hundreds. It probably there's probably another fifteen hundred or more on all the various wanted lists. You know, eight hundred or so on the FBI list. Another, oh my gosh, you know. Uh, 1200 or so that are on the like the sedition hunters those online uh, sleuths that are trying to uh, find all of the the uh, people that were inside the capitol that day so there's still a lot of people that they can go after and they still are you still see a couple of arrests pop up here and there but it's really slowed down in recent weeks well best of luck to you i hope they never do come after you and arrest you for you know doing journalism uh, and it's somehow racketeering um that's very strange. So for everyone who wants to follow more of Steve Baker, you can look at um, his locals page, the pragmatic com. I have it linked down below. I see he shouted out my YouTube. Thanks I for did. that, Steve. <laughs> um, well, all the best to you and keep me updated in everything else you're covering. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks, Ivory. All right. Bye. Hey. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. 